0: Can you take us through what an outline for a periodization year would look like?
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, I'll tell you what. The, one of the hardest things I've had to do so far in, in my, my short career at this point is to try to build a high school strength and conditioning program from the ground up, especially from a programming standpoint because there's a lot of variables involved uh, as far as class schedules, uh, multi-sport athletes, athletes that jump in and out of the program, uh, having optional points in the year um so I'll, so for me periodization wasn't necessarily the biggest focal point per se and the reason i say that is there's a lot of there's a lot of unloading as the year goes on so there's a lot of times where the athletes actually aren't getting as much stress as you would probably need to worry about making sure that the the programming the sets and reps and everything is right on point cuz you know for from a periodization standpoint we're trying to, to manage stress, we're trying to develop certain qualities and make sure that we do so uh, correctly throughout a competitive year. It's not to say that we don't, you know, I didn't plan at all, I had I certainly had a program, but for me it was more about building relative strength first, then taking that and just trying to develop that strength further, and then eventually trying to transfer that to power. But, but it, it wasn't necessarily the, the sets and reps that were the overarching uh, theme and what drove the program. It was more about layering progressions and regressions. So so taking the program and at any point being able to, if, if an athlete gets transferred into your, your fourth period class six weeks into the semester, um, being able to take them, place them in within the program, and then then layer a progression or regression for them so that they're able to complete the same movements as everybody else in the classroom so they don't feel ostracized, but at the same time bringing it back down to their level. So um, I, I'll say that having... Uh, an opportunity to go further had I been there going into a second year or or uh, if I returned to the high school level there, there's so many things I have learned from that first year that that developmental that first year for me was developmental it was, it was block zero for almost everybody and it was an entire year whether you were a freshman or a senior most were just learning to move and move well most were just trying to load through those proper movements um, and get as strong as possible in those in those sound movement patterns, and then develop strength with the, or excuse me, then develop us more power through that. And then as the years would have gone by, being able to then layer that program out and have different tiers for athletes who advance and progress and be able to to maybe do some more uh, actual advanced programming, if you will.
0: You mentioned on Twitter a a little while back that you were going towards simplicity more. Is was this did this come out of that process?
1: Absolutely. And and already from past experience, just working as a, as a high- High school baseball coach who trained the baseball team throughout college uh th- th- while i was in college you, you learn that, that that these young athletes they're so adaptable especially uh, especially from a from a nervous system standpoint so they have this great window for adaptation and that's why like you could walk into and i'm sure you remember from being possibly in, in high school and, and possibly having maybe not the best strength program or weightlifting classes but but dang you know either way you got stronger and it, it may have not been the safest you may have not moved the best but at the end of the day You still got stronger. The same thing could be said for for most 14 to to 18 year olds. They develop, especially early on when they first start training, they develop so quickly and they adapt. They're so ripe for adaptation that really whatever you throw at them, they're going to progress. But but the simplicity, this that's the simplicity of the programming standpoint. But then let's just take that time since we know they're gonna adapt either way, they're gonna get stronger. Let's take that time. To, to kill as many birds as possible with one stone. And so let's let's teach them how to move properly. And if we can do that, if they can move well on top of getting stronger, now we're really accomplishing more than, than just you know, your average program. We're actually doing more. We're, we're basically teaching. Uh, we're, we're having uh, improving movement literacy and then getting them stronger throughout the process. Um, so for me, it was, yeah, let's keep it simple. Let's just progress and regress movements as needed. Let's start them from the bottom, build them up. And then hopefully by the end of the first nine weeks, they're ready for a little bit more of an advanced programming. But really, even from a sets and reps standpoint, it can be pretty basic for a whole year. And they're still going to get, uh, they're still going to see adaptation.
0: So really, you're just trying to get the fundamental exercises down and then progress from there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it makes it sound so simple. And maybe it was too simplistic of a model. And like I said, you know, with an opportunity to go back to the high school level, maybe one day. There might be some more advanced programming or things that I do, but at the same time, I saw, I saw success from from a movement standpoint and a strong standpoint in doing what we did. So we can only get better. I only hope that my programming can get better with the kids. But just knowing that we were able to develop movement and get stronger was was plenty uh, plenty for me.
0: And so you mentioned earlier that you may have kids coming in and out of classes uh, throughout the year. So say you get a new kid in the new six weeks. And what is your process in dealing with what that player needs to work on versus what in the team setting? And so do you have some absolutes that everybody does and then you individualize from there or how does that work? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think that's the best way to look at it. So kind of just bucketing everybody, so starting with a giant funnel almost, if if you will, and bringing everybody into the program and knowing that no matter what, they're going to they're going to need to learn my staple movements or our staple movements. And then taking those movements and, and as I carefully watch them, knowing what their individual needs are. But I'll tell you what, when, when you get a kid that's 14 years old, a lot of them need the same things. Uh, we, we see the same, same common issues. Um, not to say that, that some don't, you know, there aren't a uh, certain percentage that fall out of that. There's, there are plenty that do, but the majority need a lot of the same things. They need to learn to move better. They, they need core stability. Uh, they need to learn what, what proper posture is, not only just standing statically, but they need to know how to then take that posture when it is sufficient, and then make it more dynamic. They need to learn how to move their body in space. Most of them have have problems uh, or have difficulty differentiating between a squat and then a a hip hinge and what the pelvis and the the lumbopelvic region is doing, so what the the lower back and the hips are doing. So if we could teach those things early on and then over the course of, uh, say, six weeks, so for me that was two cycles because we went in three-week cycles, at the end of six weeks I'd have a pretty good idea then if that individual needs something more specific than that.
0: A Complete guess here, but most of the listeners don't have a strength and conditioning coach. Is there a way that you can try and convey this and just being a coach and being able to do this? Is it accomplishable?
1: I think so, yeah. But but I think it's, it's more about at that point just stepping back and not trying to do too much. So if if I was to, to take a the high school coach and, and say, look, so you're, you're a high school baseball coach. You're trying to develop your own strength program. Let's make this as streamlined as possible, okay? Understand that you probably either don't have, you know, a a strength training program in place right now at all, or it's probably something that you you did the best you possibly could to come up with, but, you know, there's some areas that we can improve upon. So let's just go ahead and just lay the foundation. What movements do you feel confident in teaching, and what do you think you can confidently teach to them? If you feel comfortable teaching a squat, then that's a movement I think we need to hammer. If you feel confident teaching a hinge. Then we do that. If we can lunge, push, and pull, we have a pretty good program just right there. Start at the basics and then build up. If you can do those things, the, the sets and reps, all all of that is is going to be very uh, is going to have very marginal significance compared to the big building blocks that you can establish. So don't don't try to think too uh, too advanced or, or way out of the box. Just just go with the meat and potatoes, and that's just teach your kids how to move. Um and and you you know your way of doing it doesn't have to be the same way as the way you know I would do it or any other strength coach would do it do it in the way that you feel comfortable and confident in that the kids can buy into um and do it with conviction and as long as the kids are are in a safe position they're they're not uh risking injury um and you have a safe uh, a safe steady progression for them then they'll be just fine and you you will see development you will see progress
0: Now let's talk about training with heavyweights versus training with lightweights and mini reps for forever. Uh, baseball was said, you don't need to get big. You lift heavyweights, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get big and bulky and whatnot. And now it's coming in. New research is talking about it being a power sport and it's very short bursts of very heavy movements. Now, what, what are your thoughts behind that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, um, that, that's exactly the stigma that I grew up in. So I, even when I was cut from the, the, the JV team my freshman year, like I said, and I went in and trained, I, I followed the same stigma and, and believed in just like everybody else that, that we can't get big and bulky or, or that we're going to get big and bulky if we lift. So got to go high reps and, and pitchers shouldn't squat and things like that. So obviously I think some, some better information has gotten out to most most of the population by now. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's vital to to understand that that baseball is a power sport. It's driven by power. So whether it's the actual speed of your swing and exit velocity that we're trying to achieve, or whether it's how fast we're, we're throwing a baseball, um, the more force that we can, put into, the gr- or that we can uh, put into the ground and then transfer through the rest of the body and then put out through whatever implement that we're using, whether it's a bat or a ball, um, the more likely we are to be able to actually exert power on those objects. So really to break it down, the stronger we are, the more potential we have to produce power. So building strength and then ultimately, you know, there are a lot of factors that that determine strength and power, but muscle mass, the the, the bigger a muscle is, the more potential it also has to produce strength. And then ultimately that's the the more potential to produce power. So not that we want bodybuilder sized baseball players, but if we have nice, big, strong legs, and we're able to transfer that effectively through the core, through the trunk and then out the hand, and, and we can do so safely and effectively, we're probably going to to have better uh, performance from that standpoint. So uh, I think strength and conditioning is is a major piece, especially at the younger ages. It's a it's a major piece uh, of development that can certainly help a baseball player progress very quickly if they haven't done it before, if if they're new to training, um, and done right can can certainly aid in performance.
0: From the past, pitchers weren't supposed to lift upper body. Now. I'm looking at pictures of all this Chapman and going, yeah, this dude throws 100, what, five miles an hour, <laughs> and he is like hundreds on, on the bench with 100 dumbbells, and then his arms are just jacked. Now, is, is there a happy median there? You don't want to, I mean, does that even matter?
1: Uh, upper body strength certainly matters. So you got to understand that that the, the pecs of the chest is, it internally rotates the shoulder, okay, and as, as does the lat, which is the, the big muscle in the back. So those are your two essentially what we would call prime movers for the shoulder going into internal rotation. And that's throwing a baseball. So when the when the arm is rotating in that direction, we're internally rotating. So to so to do that, you need to have strength in those muscles. At the same time, that's not where we're generating the majority of our strength um, and the majority of our power. That's coming from the lower half. So, well, absolutely, upper body strength is important, I think, uh, especially for the reduction of of injuries, if we can try to prevent injuries by having a strong upper half. Um, that's incredibly important. Um, at the same time, the lower body is just important. It's just as important, and so is the so is the trunk and the core. So, uh, it really, what it boils down to is developing the entire body. So, um, I like you know I like the the quote that the shoulder starts at the feet. Uh, I wish I could tell you where that that one specifically came from. And I could uh, cite that source, but but you know we got to start at the ground. We got to start with the lower half. This from a force standpoint and a power. St- Standpoint, that's where it all starts. We need to be able to transfer it through the trunk and through the core. Um, and then we need to be able to safely transfer that and, and uh, have it actually come out of the hand. So, the, yeah, of course, the upper body can add to that, um, but it's more about being safe. It's more about making sure um, that we can decelerate the arm. So, upper body, upper body strength certainly is important. Everybody's going to do it a little bit differently. There, there's certainly people in our profession that have. I mean, there's those that do Olympic lifting, there's those that that don't do Olympic Olympic lifting, those that lift heavy, those that uh, throw weighted baseballs. Everybody's a little bit different. There's different ways to get the job accomplished, but at the end of the day, if you're developing the entire body, you're probably going to be in good shape.